I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. Paint what you want to paint. Do you like McDonald's? Yes. McDonald's, no. television, video I games. I want to fly in the air, swim like Aquaman. I feel like blockchain will replace government. You win. <laughs> I win. Good evening and welcome to another episode of The Light Movement. Our special guest tonight is Elizabeth Milan. Topic of today's discussion is what is it like being married to an artist? Is that the topic? Yes. That's a cool topic. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions as if I'm getting to know you. But as it's, if we're not married? I know a lot of these things okay, about you in life, but we're going to just go through the motions as if okay, so it's a way for everyone to get to know you okay. better. And they'll get to know me also. So first of all, what is it like being married to John? It's very funny. There's nonstop laughter and humor. That is first and foremost. If I'm real serious, I would say it's really cool to have somebody you're so close to, to be able to share your whole art journey. I can't even imagine what it would be like to marry to somebody who can't, like if, if you and I are talking and I'm, I'm telling you how I'm frustrated because I couldn't mix this right color or, you know, and I'm all upset about it. If, if you weren't an artist, you would think, gosh, that's so dramatic. Like get a hold of yourself, but you get it. You understand because you've. It's super important. Yeah. So I think since I haven't been married to anybody else, I can only guess, but I feel like the positives are that you know, you can understand me um, on a really deep level because we both experience the art journey and a creative journey. But on the other hand, maybe I'm less fascinating to you because you do experience it. I would say you're extremely um, <laughs> fancy in every way. Fancy, but not fascinating. Fascinating, exciting, everything. And what I was going I mean, from. I'm thinking of it like from my point of view, like if I wasn't an artist and I had an artist husband, you would be this like fascinating creature because I I I couldn't I couldn't understand all the things you're doing and you're like, wow, this artist. But since we both can do the things that we're able to do that the rest of the world thinks is extraordinary, you know? Yes. It's like we aren't enamored with that with each other because we're both like, well, I can do that. You but know? we, but we both are because I'm fascinated by you and you are by me also. And so the reason I brought this topic up is because I felt others could relate to it as they are the artist and maybe their husband is not, or maybe they're the man and their wife is not an artist. But I truly believe that everyone could be an artist. And mm -hmm. it's just being creative, using different parts of your mind and getting into that mode. So I think there's also the phrase that opposites attract and mm -hmm. people they bounce ideas off each other and they're a well-rounded unit. Don't you think you and I, as artists, are extremely opposite? In some ways, but not that much. Really? You're not going to recognize it exactly. Well, the truth of it is, you're going to think it maybe is you. Would be like mine because he's. Are you me. just trying to somehow so get I, your doodles in there? In my vision for the piece is too modern. You don't think we're really well, different in how we paint? 
I, I may have a different perspective than most people do. I will meet people who say they always wanted to be a painter or an, or an artist, and I try to see that everyone could be one. And so to answer that question, when I see the way that you paint, it just it makes me want to try that. But it's a whole lifetime to try. Can I paint that way? But don't you think we paint very differently? That's the beauty of it. Oh, it's, it's good. Uh, I, like I think that. it's good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I do like that. So that's what I'm saying. You said opposites attract. And I'm saying we're not the same just because we're artists. One of the ways where you can see it. Yeah. I mean, even in this conversation, we we, you know, talk differently. Well, that's which is a really good thing. fun. It's yeah. I love it. And so this leads me to the question. That comes up next. What kind of healthy habits keep you motivated and so highly productive? Um, what keeps me motivated? Hmm. Hmm. As a person, as a painter, as a... I feel like I've always been motivated. I feel like back when I really struggled with worth issues and knowing whether or not I had value, uh, and I, I didn't feel like I had value, how I got some value was achieving and accomplishing things. And so I feel like that turned for me in my 20s where I wasn't achieving to feel like I had worth. That shifted. But by then it was already kind of a habit and a mode of being. And then I really got a vision for what I wanted to accomplish and what I felt like I was supposed to accomplish in my life. So from that point on, I feel like the motivation changed and it wasn't, it wasn't about performance or being a somebody or getting approval from other people. It turned to really my purpose and what I felt like I was put on this earth to do. And so that really motivates me. And now that I'm getting older and I'm almost 50, you know, I'm really motivated to you know, keep at it because it's, it's happening. All those things that we've dreamed of are actually happening. And so I feel really motivated to stay on track because I don't want to end up at a, at a certain age and, and cause we slowed down and, you know, and I love what I do. I absolutely right. love what I do. Which would be something I would love to get into, but it's not, that's a big part of it. And I, I did want to ask you that now, because you're so highly productive, I thought sharing with others about this would lead them to think, you know, oh, everything's important. So how do you get to that point? And I would like you to tell everyone a little more about Motivational Monday. Motive, how did Motivational Monday come about? Anything you choose. Um, I think it was Jake's idea because I was doing like posts every once in a while when I felt like it, like I just, whatever I was going through, um, is sort of how it started. And if I was feeling a certain something, I would flip it, almost giving myself a pep talk through a post. And then Jake said, Oh, you should do that every Monday. It'll be a trigger for people to remember motivational Monday. And Monday's my favorite day of the week. So, um, I thought, yeah, that's perfect. And so it's kind of a combination of that. And I would say most of the time, what becomes a motivational Monday is something I'm going through myself and I'm thinking about myself. And so it's like a pep talk to myself. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's something I'm really feeling other people are going through. 
but it usually comes from like a feeling of what's in the moment. So I write most of them either the day of or um, just a few days before because I feel like there's something really timely and prophetic about it. And it's not just a random thought. Like it's, it's timely. Well, there's an old song that, that was called Just Another Manic Monday. I don't know if you remember that yeah, funny yeah. thing. But, but yeah, I uh, think of every Monday as a magical Monday mm-hmm. and something that you are tapped into the magic Monday. What's your favorite day of the week? Well, you I, can say Saturday. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say, I don't really have a favorite one because oh, that's right. I, I'm doing what I love. So every single day seems to be like that. It's so much excitement. Can I every tell day. the audience that you can't have favorites? No. So John will not determine a favorite anything. If we say who gets to say who's picking it, like who, who says you have to pick one? He, they're all equally important. <clears throat> he can't pick favorites. Why would I want another day to feel so sad? Like exactly, they're gonna. If you pick Saturday, Friday's gonna feel looked over, and right. Wednesday you, will feel completely rejected. You might assign feelings to those days, but what I'm saying is it, it's existential because if you tell yourself. This is a good day, and that's not, you're already prophetically declaring it. You're not saying, I, if Monday's my favorite day, I am not saying that Tuesday is lame. I'm just saying Monday is my favorite. It's like the leader of the week. It's like, well, it used to be the one in charge. I you used know? to, it's like Monday Saturday. is mama, and everybody else are the kids. I'll tell you why I chose Saturday. Why? I knew it was Saturday. Because I knew Saturday was your favorite. That's when the cartoons are on in the morning, and you don't have to. Go but you to school. don't watch cartoons anymore. I know. It just it was from the it's past. Leftover from your it, childhood. It's thoughts of the past, and I've now I've got to the point where if someone tries to say you got to have a favorite, sorry, only you. You're my favorite. Oh. <laughs> okay. Who are people that inspire you? Favorite writers, motivational speakers, painters, musicians. Hmm. Lots of people. Just name a few so people could hear. Okay. Somebody spiritually who really motivates me that I really like to listen to is Justin Abraham. Uh, He has a podcast called Company of Burning Hearts. It's really wild stuff for sure. Um, But it... I find it that it very much makes me have wonder and like, wow, is that real? Is that possible? Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like that's what it does for me. So I love listening to him. I think he has just a really beautiful heart towards people, um, God, humanity, the world. He's super positive. I like to listen to um, positive people that are futurists that um, speak of the future in a um, uplifting and hopeful way. And I think that collectively, if we do that, uh, as artists, as speakers, as influencers, as any anybody putting ideas out there into the atmosphere, um, if we speak of the future, the future we want to have, not the future we don't want to have, then I think we're more likely to actually live that out and see it manifest. So that's who yeah. I fill my mind with or my heart with. I don't listen if they're if they're naysayers or negative or doomsdayers or any of that. I just I immediately turn it off. I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to 
we don't watch, I don't watch television. I don't watch movies. Um, it's very rare that I'll watch a movie. So it's more like, I don't know that I have necessarily favorites, but whether it's books I read, podcasts, anything I watch, it's gotta be in alignment with where I'm headed and with my destiny. If it doesn't align with that, then I'm not interested in hearing it. But I totally understand that. That's good points. But who are some painters that you like? Painters. Just name a few names just so people can see your inspiration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of living artists that are like on, let's say, TikTok or Instagram, I really love um, the artwork. I don't know a lot about them as human beings. These could be terrible human beings, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't know them personally. But in terms of their art, I really love um, David Shivitz. I think I love how he paints glowing, levitating fruit. Um, I find that really inspiring. Uh, I really love Cesar Santos. Uh, so a lot of them have a very classical, traditional sort of um, base to them. And then as far as like older, old masters, I really love Artemisa Gentileschi. I love Caravaggio, um, Rembrandt, any any Baroque painter where you see this like emerging light and figures coming out of emerging light. I can see those influences in your work there. What about you? Who are you influenced by? Well, I like Cesar Santos a lot. I I used to like Salvador Dali a lot, but that's a long time ago. I do love Xing Yao Shang a lot. Yeah, I, I like Xing Yao too. And, yeah, he's oh, just the movement totally. in such a small space. And, and the perfection of brushstrokes, it's like, yeah. It's like every time he delivers paint, it's perfection. Mm-hmm. And he's young. He's younger than us. We we got to meet him. I felt so happy mm-hmm. to meet him. Yeah, super cool guy. And there's so many painters. Though I'm right now studying hundreds of painters, and those are just a few. But it's very good for us to see what other artists are doing, not just stay in the cocoon and just, I mean, it's also good in some seasons where you want to do your own thing for a long time. But we do gravitate to have favorites at certain times. It's just natural, I suppose. So you you have favorite artists? Yeah. Yeah, Xing Jiao is one of them. Yeah. And, and Ellie. How do you think all Ellie the other artists one of feel my favorites. hearing that? What are other, all, all the other ones? Yeah. Yeah, what are They're all the wishing. other artists thinking now? Now that you've said Sing Yao Sang is your favorite, one of your favorites. One of many. What? How are the other artists feeling now? I, I, I actually have like 99.5 thousand favorite artists, but Ellie Milan is one of my top favorites. Oh, you know, you, and you, Milan. you are one of, yeah. And Daphne Milan and Dino Milan. You are one of my favorite Daphne artists. Milan. But I think that's how it's supposed to be, like opposites attract. So your kind of art that you make, I can't make. I just, no matter what I try to do, I couldn't make it. And so I think that's why I love your artwork so much. Sometimes I I think on that subject about why we have favorites, and I just kind of get above that and think it's for a short time in life that we get to paint. Those paintings are going to live on. And so they're going to be out there. And we go to museums and we get the full effect. And their people have been gone hundreds of years. It, I want to be like that. I, do you? I don't know. You don't care? No, I just don't understand what you just said. The effect of the paintings 
on everyone else in the world. We were here for a short time in the world, but oh, we do, we chose to paint and do this as a like. Career, do I want to leave my mark on the world? Something like that. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that it, we would worry about it or anything, but we enjoy it so much we, we, as if we were made to do it. Yeah, it, it's so important. And if it if we're not someone's favorite all the time, I don't think anyone's going to be sad. I know. I was but, kidding around, John. I, I mean, didn't really mean in, it. In reality, we would all want to be famous and everything, but when you're there, we're all just regular people. Well, I believe all people are related, and it's a hard one for people to think, no, no, we're not, but I think we are. Well, sometimes these artists uh, get this feeling like um, they paint a portrait, and they love it. They're so happy. They're They're thrilled with how it turned out. And then they show it to a friend and they're like, yeah, I don't really like portraits. I, I like landscapes. And then they think, oh, okay, I guess I'll make a landscape. And so then they start making a landscape and then they show it to somebody else and they're like, I don't really like landscapes. I like animals. And so they end up like chasing this nebulous collector and all these people are just giving their opinions. That. Yeah, yeah. So I always tell people, paint what you want to paint mm -hmm. that really gets your motor going, that you're passionate about painting. Don't worry about, I mean, within reason, effect. it needs to be sellable. But don't try to paint for other people. Paint what you want to paint. And all you need is 100 super fans. That's mm. all you need. Everybody doesn't have to like your work there's going to be a, a nucleus of people that will love your work. It will really speak to them. And that's all you need. You don't have to be popular to everyone. Just, you know, and if you stay true to who you are, you stay true to what you authentically love, that's how you generate super fans. Super that's fans good stuff. Yeah, are attracted to that genuine authenticity. And um, so... So we do get in our cocoons and it's, it's good because we're going to come out like a butterfly. We totally... That's a good point. The next question. Okay, you got a doozy, I hear. we have a time frame here. What was it like for you when you were growing up in various places, when you were very little, and then later when you were a teenager? What was, it, what was my childhood like? Well, you can get the book. Uh, it's all in, you know, unemployable. I'm going to get an autographed copy. Okay. I am. I had basically a very good childhood overall. There was some rough spots, but basically I would say I had a very good childhood. My parents loved me and my brother very much. They were very, like, supportive. We were, like, you know, a family. We did lots of family things together. Um, my dad had a sailboat, so we would, you know, go on the sailboat. We would go skiing, uh, hunting. My dad liked to hunt. So we did a lot of, like, family activities together. Um, my mom cooked dinner. We had, you know, family meals. I would say the rough spot was that my dad is Greek. And so with that came a lot of, you know, women are barefoot and pregnant and need to keep up their looks and marry a doctor, lawyer, engineer. And that's how you, you know, be, be a little princess and nobody's going to be as good as him. Yeah, he had a lot of catchphrases I yeah. didn't care for. So that, I think, was like the culture he came from. And, you know, he didn't modernize his thoughts at all from 1960s Greece. So He probably thought it was really stylish to do that. 
Yeah. But I think like, I don't know, like at, at some point in your life, you stop ha- caring what your parents think, you know, and you just live your life. And so, you know, as a teenager, there was a total double, double standard between my brother and I. And so my brother was a boy, two years older, and he got just everything. And his, his allowance was like five times what mine was. Um, and then what I would ask about it, like, how come he gets five times the money I get? My dad would be like, cause he's a boy. And my brother had, um, a, uh, BMW that he crashed and then got an Alfa Romero after that. And I had a $4,000, $3,000 beater. And when I asked my dad about it, like, how come I have this old 20-year-old car that barely runs and you bought Todd, you know, all these things. And he would say, because he's a boy. And so there was like a real double standard as a teenager. And he was much stricter with me on curfew, friends, going out, you know. But and, you, you rebelled against that. You never took that. You just thought. Yeah, I was very rebellious. That's so. being lame. I'm going to. I was a crazy teenager. And I think it was because he was so strict and sheltering. But, you know, it all turns around. It all works out. And I'm thankful, actually, for a lot of my upbringing because it made me to be like a fighter and somebody that bucked the system, somebody that questioned things, um, somebody that you know, would look at a situation with a little bit of a challenging, you know, outlook. So those were the challenges, I would say, of of my childhood. But I feel like because I knew deep down my dad adored me and, you know, thought the world of me, It he's also one of the most generous people I've ever met and has lavished his generosity on me. And that made me feel... Um, very cared for, very loved. And that that helped me a lot in life. So I, I don't know. I feel pretty blessed that I had a, a very good upbringing. And, um, you know, they weren't perfect by any means. No parents are. You and I aren't perfect, you know, um, in our parenting. But, you know, they supported me in most of my decisions, um, you know, and paid for my college and, all that kind of thing. So, so hold that thought. When I ask this next question, it's going right into what you're saying. Okay. When you decided to take on art as a career, what kind of thoughts did you have about that? Coming from your background. In- well, that that's the funny thing is um, I knew I wanted to be an artist when I was 15. And my dad was super supportive because he thought of himself as an art collector. So he was all for it. I mean, he bought me this like amazing set of paint and sable brushes and he spared no expense. Like he was super, super supportive. He supported that. Um, I would go to an art school when I went to Savannah college of art and design. He, he was all for it until you came on the scene. And as soon as I had an artist boyfriend, he suddenly was not supportive and was like, it's like his whole world came crashing down that maybe I would marry an artist, which was like his nightmare. But what were your thoughts on, well, on art as a career? As a- Yeah. So I, I knew I wanted to be an artist at 15 and it was always supported. So I never struggled with my choices or what I wanted to do. Um, 
I would say the only time I felt that lack of support in was in marrying you, you and I, it was you and I against the world. You and I had to like stick to our decision that we wanted to be with each other, even though, um, my dad wasn't supportive. As you know, my mom was supportive. And then later, you know, it turned around and he's obviously supportive now. Um, but at the time, you know, that was a, a hard decision to, to basically defy him and marry you. Well, I, I do understand that. And, and obviously it was a I'm glad bit, about it. It was that way for me also. That's what I'd like to say to you, to everyone, that I did have some support from family, but I also looked up to my grandparents and they both were from an older time. So they thought if you're not mega famous, you're just going to be spinning your wheels, you know, doing. So your grandparents weren't supportive of. Not at first, but when they met you and we were going to go away to college, they started to become that way because they knew I wasn't going to change. Well, I remember your. About to be not an artist. Do you remember though, when Dimitro was about a year old and your grandparents came to see her in Arizona and your grandpa was almost in tears at how proud he was of you that you made it as an artist, as a successful artist. And he was really blown away. So I think that's really special. It sure is. Yeah. We, we, we made it through some rough patches. That's the thing I I just want to say to anybody listening, if you don't have family members that are, that are very dear to you, that their, their opinion really matters to you. Um, that aren't supportive of what you feel like you know in your gut of being a professional artist, there's only a short period of time that they're not going to be supportive because as soon as they see you succeeding, they will flip and they will support you. Um, They're just afraid. They're just afraid because they've heard their whole life that artists starve and they want the best for you and they don't want you, they don't want that fate for you. So if you are going to go for it and you're going to sort of defy, like we did, um, the pressures, the family pressures and be an artist anyway, work really hard and succeed and they will com- they will be your greatest cheerleaders. And your grandparents were huge cheerleaders of you. My parents now are, you know, total cheerleaders. You know, they have been for many, many years. As soon as they saw us succeeding. And so... And they may do it in different ways. They don't have to be so loud about it. Yeah. But you understand it. And I think that's the key is you you know your destiny. Everybody knows in their gut what what they, cause it art particularly won't, won't leave you. It, it, it haunts you in a way you, you have to do it. You're made the to thought, do it. yeah, you're made to do it. Your thought of not being an artist is, is much worse than the thought of, Oh, I want to be an artist, but I don't have family support. So I, I would just say work hard. It'll only be a couple years at the most that you, they, they won't support you. And you just have to grind away and... But you'll support them. Yeah, but eventually they'll turn around. You'll turn sure. those tables. Yeah. Now, what are some of Ellie's grand plans for the future? You've, like, all these questions are like... Um, okay. 
Ellie's grand plans for the future. I, have, I know some of them, but I want the world to know. What are your grand plans for the future? You can't turn it on me. I've Why asked not? You, I, I asked you first. All right. We'll be thinking because you have to say what yours are. You can't just say well, you copy paste. We're you have pretty to... much in alignment because I know some of yours. Well, my, my grand far away plans are to buy 1,000 acres of land at least to develop a artist community. I want to create almost like a subdivision or a housing development on that property where artists can buy their own house, their own land. And um, I want to create like this neighborhood or this street where the front of the house is like a studio and like a working studio gallery. And then, and then your where you live is, you know, in the back. So when you are... Um, Copy paste. <laughs> so when people, you know, would come from all over the world to see this huge artist community, they could literally just walk up and down the street and go and visit all these artist studios and see all these galleries. And then I want a lot of community space where there's like a foundry, there's kilns, there's glass kilns, there's, you know, uh, printing presses, there's you know, all this equipment. So when you pay your HOA to just, you know, I don't know, what, what do HOAs do? Like make sure everybody picks up their garbage or something. Well, this HOA fee would get you access to all this like primo equipment mm. and a community of artists where you can meet and have critiques and discuss things and have, you know, social time together. And it would be like a farm to table situation and there would be like restaurants and grocery stores and people visiting and lots lots going on it'd be like disneyland for artists it would be like elvis's graceland but thousand times better it'd be like or no michael jackson's what did he have never neverland no what was it called (laughs) yeah i think so anyway but like for artists like the ultimate artist experience and um and it would be you know artists would want to come from all over and art lovers would want to come from all over. It's basically everything that we're building online, but there would be a physical manifestation of it someday. And it's so real that we can we can feel it, we can see it very fully. And we're starting to meet older couples who have thought of this and they've wanted to a make this happen. A lot of people have wanted, in, yeah. Even in this land in, yeah. in Georgia. I feel like it'll be a and collaboration so of sorts. I'm hearing of people in other countries that are wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. it it's something that is happening right now That's in true. the world. People want to have a good time. They're tired of being pushed around with society. They're going to make society better and they're going to do it, I believe. So what is your big grand plan? Copy paste. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think I would have well, it's good that, you know, you know, a yacht and I would get all my friends on You there. want a yacht? And I don't this know This is the first boats. time I'm hearing this. And I want to have a helicopter John, pad. you do not want a yacht. I know. I'm you telling, get seasick. I love what you're saying a little. I'm, I'm shouting. I can get used to being on my yacht and riding my helicopter, but I'd rather fly with like wings. I feel like even I'd the word yacht is on your list of words you're not, you can't say. ride dolphins ride whales in the ocean swim like aquaman i want to fly in the air i want to make the art i've always wanted to with super power capabilities but i also want to be realistic about it and do an actual street with many galleries and so we're doing it in a small mm-hmm. way right now so it feels really good in the time that we're in seeing it happen seeing it 
start up like a bubbling thing. I have so many doozy questions and we're running out of time. I would love to go on and on. We can even have a part two if you would welcome me back to the show one day. <laughs> it's a dream come true to, to ask Ellie all these questions. Okay. And it leads me to my next question. All right. What type of painting and drawings would you like to create that you have not yet put together? Mm. Well, if I could answer that, I'd do it. And so I don't know. Do you know, do you have paintings out there in... Yes. You do? Yes. Maybe we're different. I, I, I I'm like, more in the moment with that. I can see them already made. They're mm -hmm. in my mind. What do I'd they like look like? I'd like to create these figures that are almost like a doll collection where you have the figures... And you can put them in your home. And they're all brilliant colors and nice backgrounds. And they have so much... Are passive. they paintings or yeah, sculptures? paintings. Okay. Paintings. But they could be on wood or canvas. And you put them in your home and it feels like they're people. And they're just like a collection. That would be creepy though. Oh, so like... They're your... Any size. It doesn't have to be life size. I mean, I'd oh, love it okay. to be so creepy that it would be fun. So like one would be... You want it to them, be so creepy it's fun? One would be... A zebra driving a jeep with trees growing through everything, completely green trees. Then I'd want to do purple paintings because I've never done them. So purple, like figures with big eyes that are driving a little jeep, like a kid jeep in a forest, and everything's purple, every shade of purple. And then well, you it would be a collection. I, I got to do it. I have to. Okay, well, I, I don't have, um, I only have like my next series sort of in my vision, and then I can't see beyond that. I maybe, don't know. Maybe this would spark your interest. What parts of the world would you like to travel to and then possibly paint there? Well, I don't know if you know this, but next year, Dahlia and I are going to go to Thailand. I've been hearing rumors. So I'm, I'm going to go to Thailand. I've been wanting to go to India. We had a trip to India planned. And I forget, were you going to go on that one? Okay. And we were going to do workshops over there. And so I want to do that. And then when we go to India, I really want to go to the Maldives because it's it's near mm. there. And I've always wanted like just a week of nothingness, but just live in one of those huts on the water. That I want to do, but that that's just a, a leisure thing. I don't know. I, I don't really have the travel bug. I, I've, whenever I travel, if I'm, if I can connect with the people who live there and build friendships with people who live in those countries and, um, sort of see the local scene and connect with the artists in those countries and do like workshops or teaching or meet with artists, then I love it. Like when we went to Switzerland, it was, what stands out to me is is meeting the artists there and meeting the people who live there and just seeing the sights. It's fun, but it's not like the best. I, I like connecting with people. Yeah, same for me. Do you feel animals and people will learn to trust each other more in the future? Well, I don't know what I think about that, but when I did listen to um, Justin Abraham's podcast where he was saying that animals are going to overcome the trauma of all these years being used I can see it. by man and that once they have collectively overcome that trauma, then humans and animals are going to connect on a whole like cardionosis level. And it was a very interesting thought. And I have wondered if the vegan movement is sort of 
prophesying that because it's like they can sense they that. They just love the animals and Asia, so much. Asia DeVore and I have talked about this because she's vegan. And I, I feel like she gets a sense of that coming. And maybe that's what that is. None of this I know. I don't know anything. I'm open-minded. I well, don't know. I meet a lot of artists. They're they're really into it. So I just thought I, I'd I ask don't. You. I don't have any opinions on that that are my own. I just have picked up other people's thoughts, and I I'm listening and I'm open, but I'm not. I I don't. I haven't formed my own opinion yet. Could you tell us, the listeners, a little bit about the new day on the horizon for all of mankind? You know I threw some doozies in there, don't you? What do I think about the new day on the horizon? Like, are you asking me because you and I have talked about this and you want me to say what I think? Or you're, are you loosely calling the new day, what do I think the of the future? future? Yeah. What do I think, where are we going in the future? Okay, well, I have a very positive opinion of the future. And I feel like the times that we live in are not horrible and terrible. I mean, for maybe for some people they are, and I don't want to discount that, you know? I mean, there's wars going on. There's weird stuff going on. But overall, collectively, generally speaking, I think that things are just getting better and better and better. And I feel like we're about to get to a point where everything's going to get much better. And so I feel like we're in a time where our systems are crashing and whether it's, you know, education system, healthcare system, political system, financial system, all the systems I think are falling and crashing and um, needing massive renovation. And so once those transitions have happened, I feel like things are going to be, you know, amazing. So, um, the role of an artist is going to be so important. So important. Lift everyone up. Yeah. And, and I feel, I feel like, uh, you know, technology like blockchain, let's say, for example, will replace government. I feel like we we're at a place where we can have a covenant or a constitution that we all agree to. And technology is what maintains it. You can vote for things through blockchain and you, you don't need all this, you know, government stuff. So I, maybe an that's honest, naive, but I... An honest way of doing business. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we weren't meant to have government. I feel like the people are government. And so anyway, I have a real positive outlook for the future and I am super excited. And I think that we're in a renaissance and I think that artists are in a place where we've, everything is built up towards this, everything from history, from cave paintings to, you know, the Renaissance to, um, you know, postmodern movement and everything in between is all prepared artists for this moment of time to um, really take their place where they're supposed to be as influencers and as, as the ones who, who paint the future and, and who lead the way. And I think that we are painting and bringing heaven to earth to a point where, um, I agree. you know, we've evolved past all this like terrible stuff. So anyway, I think, uh, I think that the future is really, really bright for artists and the whole art system has collapsed. It's already collapsed. I, I saw it happen. You know, it, it's already collapsed. We're just living in that transition time before the new way is fully established. 
And we also met nobody. <laughs> but he was a somebody. Well, I sure have enjoyed asking you all these questions. And Is that it? That was the last question? Okay, what about I, you? What's your, I what do you see in the future? a very fun game. That okay. I, would you welcome me back to do another podcast with you? Sure. What do you want to do? Well, over the years, my son and I... Oh, you know, the Dina. question game. We've I've never played the, the question game with you. Is it like a three-minute game? It could go on for infinity, or it could <laughs> stop really quickly. Okay. It's Let's, a way to get you into abstract thinking. Okay, I will try, but you know me. I'm, I'm not, not going to give it away. All right. The only way to do it is like one-word answers. Okay, so I say one word? I'll say a question, but you're going to say one, one okay. word. Okay. Do you like when people ask a lot of questions? Yes. Do you like playing games? Yes. Are these all yes and no questions? Answers? No. Okay. When you go out to the grocery store, do you have a full list in your mind? No. Do you like spicy food? Yes. Do you like bland food? No. John, are you going to ask me questions that aren't yes or no? Do you like when the tables get turned and someone else is asking the questions? Mm -hmm. When you're traveling, do you travel heavy or light? I try to travel light, but I travel heavy. Have you ever traveled light? Maybe once. Do you ever have dreams that you forgot all your luggage? No. Do you ever have dreams where you're out in public and all you have is a swimsuit? No. I do. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever worn special hats? No. Do you like hats? No. Do you like jackets? Yes. Do you like shoes? Yes. Do you like boots? Yes. John, Do you like comfortable boots? When Dino plays this game with you, he doesn't ask yes and no questions. That's how you're messing it up. How do you know if you've never played it? I've watched you play it. But you're not doing one-word answers. I am. Yes. No. No. Yes. Yes. No. Do you win most arguments? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like to bring out the best in people? I, yeah, I hope so. You can be creative with your one-word answers, too. Okay. It's a new game. The world is not quite ready for it, but the world is getting into it. <laughs> when you paint with the color yellow, do you know what you're doing? No. Do you like the color yellow? Yes. Do you like orange kitchens? No. They make Do me they eat make too you much. hungry? Yeah. Do you like McDonald's? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's something wrong with it? Yes. All kinds of things. I can't that's not a one word. That okay. that's a that's a paragraph. Okay. That's a that's a thesis statement. I could go on and on. Do you like McDonald's, no. television. No, no. They're all no, bad no. video I games. Okay, you're going off the cliff. Come back. Come back. The game is Get you in into the right brain. So I think you are you in do, your right brain, and you do, I'm in my left brain. I love living because in you're my only brain. asking me yes and no <clears throat> questions. Each time we get off track, we have to keep it rolling. So the thing is about being in right brain. When you're there, it's so much fun. You just don't want to come back. So you got to be a good sport. Now you said you were, and we're going to go for it as an artist and. Meeting a lot of people. Do you love to travel? Yes. When you're flying, do you get to relax? 
Yes. Do you like yes and no questions? No. Orange? No. Purple? Yes. Silver? Eh. You're getting there. Broccoli? (laughs) Love broccoli. Twinkle time? (laughs) No answer. Boots? We're made for walking. Goldfish? No. Tinfoil? Lots of chemicals. Pizza? Pepperoni? Olive oil. (laughs) You win. (laughs) I win. Okay. Thank you for joining the the light movement. That was the game. All right. That was fun. Good. Glad you liked it. (laughs) Yes or no? (laughs) No. (laughs) So, hopefully, everyone, you've got to know Ellie and I a little more. She makes me cry. I love the podcasts and the shows you all are doing. I'm so honored to be here and ask you all these questions. So everyone out there, start making a bunch of podcasts, subscribe to the channel, and keep up the good artwork. (laughs) 